Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is Polly here doing an off-the-cuff interview with my beautiful sober sister, Mel. Good, happy Sunday, Mel. Good morning. Happy Sunday. <laughs> good morning for me. Good afternoon for you. There's like four and a half thousand miles between us at the moment. Yes. <laughs> so, so. And from the look of things, a good fair few degrees as well. I'm in a store. Yeah. You're in a I think I'm, yeah. Um, this office is not very big and I end up, even though I have air conditioning, I bought myself a portable AC so as I can sit here with my little remote control and put it on and off, you know, before I start sweating. But this this is to for you and I to connect post Drifter interview. Yeah. And first of all, I will ask you, um, was there anything that you feel you would like to add to what you said in the Drifter interview? Go ahead, darling. Oh, that's a good question. Um I think the thing I, I did listen to, I did listen to it myself afterwards. Um, I'm a little bit vain. <laughs> I'll be honest. Aren't we all? We're women. Come I wanted on. to know how it came across. Yeah. Do, um, does my butt look big in these jeans? We're women. Yeah. We're it was vain. like, how, how much of a prat did I make of myself there? Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I did listen to it back. And I think... Uh, my takes on it were, I know my story, so I heard, like, big muddly bits and stuff like that, so the, 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 kind, the timeline was a bit off. Um, and I think I kind of downplayed a little bit um, that my kind of drinking behaviours and stuff, bizarrely. You know, I, I did drink hand sanitizer. don't get me wrong, that actually did happen. I remember that, that was, one. I, I remember that one because... You were so devastated. I, 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 we were crying with you that that day because we were hurting with you. Um, and I think we downplay stuff because we don't want to be seen too badly by others. So you yeah, know, yeah. Go, go ahead, darling. Go on. So, yeah. So the hand sanitizer thing was real, and at this point, I can say the last alcoholic beverage that touched my mouth was hand sanitizer. <laughs> so, um, but prior to that, there was an awful lot of stuff that I did that was pretty stupid. And I've got a hole in my bum from a mystery rippage in my glute muscle. And I still to this day don't know how I did it. Um, it, it, it just loads of silly things that I did when I was drunk, um, you know, and my alcoholic behaviours were appalling. Um, I Over the years, I became an AM drinker and taking days off work to drink so I would come to work cool and sick because I just couldn't hack the day um I didn't like what I'd done the night before usually alcohol induced and I would call and sick call my patients up make an excuse this is you know um I've got a headache I'm dizzy I've done something and I would sit and buy a bottle of rum at the co-op and drink an entire bottle of rum rather than go to work um and can I ask you a question of course you can in the last 10 weeks because congratulations darling 10 excuse my French everybody 10 fucking weeks this girl Give it on. 10 weeks Good. sober warrior <laughs> sober warrior woman 10 weeks how many patient cancellations have you made how many cancelled days have you made no. through this nil mountain Re- I, I, i've had to cancel a few people for mountain rescue call outs um but in terms of um wanting to drink hungover don't want to be at work because i want to go home and drink zil absolutely zero that is amazing and yeah 
how do you feel in yourself at getting to this 10 week mark um it's it's been really good um I've been really lucky this time because I think I was genuinely in a better place to give up I was after a kind of I don't know when it was throughout the whole you guys saw me struggling through most of February to be honest yeah you know you invited me and I was still having the occasional drink and I was still logging on to YAS going ah this is shit I can't do it um and I was getting to the point where I was just so bored of trying um and I think I was just going through the motions of my drinking and I think when you guys rolled into my life and drinking hand sanitizer and I think everything just kind of it was like the perfect storm of goodness um I was just kind of ready to stop and that day after I drank hand sanitizer and I genuinely thought I was going to die I was quite happy to die to be honest I was I was kind of at peace I know with that, that feeling I've been there done that yeah <laughs> so is this it is like, this what life is is this what yeah. the rest of my life's gonna be like I don't yeah. want it I was I, I genuinely that day after I drank hand sanitizer I was lying there and I was like is this it? You know, is this what the rest of my life is going to be like? And I gave up. And the next day I spoke to Imost and then I just kind of picked up my skirts and thought, you know what? I don't want this to be it. Um, And I was just ready. So this time, more so than any other time, because I've had, you know, this is the, you know, once I get to 12 weeks, that'll be longest in my life I've been since I was about six, God, probably uni, so about 18. And yeah it's just kind of felt a good time to give up and I felt ready and every time that I've reset and every time I've done a few days a few weeks and you know when I did my three months um I've learned from each one of those experiences Mm -hmm. and things I I didn't want to drag myself through the pit of hell to get sober again so I did things that I'd never done this time I started a journal so it was just for me and it was just silly things like you know what have I eaten today how do I feel um you know and I wrote the it's not silly that we all do this journey in our own way we, we yes. make our progress in our own way and we use whatever tool works for us I mean if if writing writing down in a book oh well I had uh chips for dinner um I had a bacon butty at 11 o'clock. Uh, for those in America, that's a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Uh, very popular. And if you have it on a flowery bap, it's even more popular because I yes. really miss my flowery baps. Um, I can't get back bacon either, which is uh, <gasps> sad. No. Because <laughs> I'm deprived. But I think, <laughs> I think with all of us, there's a catalyst and a whole, like you say, a whole lot of things come together that coalesce. And I think we reach a point where this is it. This is my last try. I, I will. And I said it in a um, IAS Zoom meeting. I'd reached the point where I did not have another try within me. It was, this was either going to be it or I was checking out. Yeah. I, and I really, I, I, truly didn't want to check out. Yeah, it's, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, 
when you get to that point where you can align, they're going, do you know what? If this is alcohol, if this is, if I've done my liver in, if I've actually killed myself right now, uh, I'm kind of all right with that. And then you kind of get really scared and you go, oh shit, what have I done to myself? This, this isn't normal. What's going on? And I'm at a point now where I think there is so much that I still want to see and do. I mean, I mean, I'm, I've not got as many years behind me to do it or ahead of me, sorry, to do it. But um, turn that down a bit. Um, excuse me, I was putting the egg, the fan on because I'm. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, there's so much. Once you get sober and you get past those first, what I would, I spoke with uh, East Guy, and she said she threw everything into it. You go to an AA meeting, then they say ninety days. You're past that now. I'm 70 nah, well, to seventy. Day. Well, I'm, up to I'm, it. I'm seventy days today, but I'm kind of a year in the making. So, <laughs> so you're past that and into what I would call the good part, the happy part. Yeah, because the well, happiness. It's it. It has made a difference. Uh, it sounds really daft, but that whole um. The beginning, I like like East Guy said, I kind of threw everything at it. I was very selfish. Um, you know, I made time for my sobriety. I made time to do my little log thing. I made time to think about all the mistakes that I've made in the past because what I'd been doing was not learning from it. And, you know, I just that's why I kept resetting. It's just like, you know, rather than just keep resetting, you know, learn from it. You've got to break the cycle. So as well as it being right, I actually threw everything at me. I worked on me. I worked at my sobriety. And it was like a second job. It was freaking knackering. From it's it. tiring, isn't it? It's really hard work. You go to bed thinking, <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't know about you, but my bed now, that flat surface, when you get on that flat surface and you sink into that mattress now, that is such a joyful feeling. Oh, isn't it brilliant? You know, <laughs> it's well. The other thing is, it's like <laughs> you, you're not. You, like, you know what my favourite thing is? Waking up. Yes. Like, oh my god, it sounds ridiculous. It's like I'm not like I've done loads of IAS posts about this. I'm not scared of my bed, and it's just the loveliest thing to wake up and you don't mind looking at your phone. I log on and see my sober sisters, and I do IAS, and I check my emails, and I wake up early naturally around about six o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. it's completely different. You know, I feel like a different creature if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I view my sober self, my sober self as like a kind of, you know, light, bright, something or other. Um, and I, I kind of view the drunken me a bit like Gollum or that thing, or like Voldemort. Like Dementor. Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm like, I was a creature. I wasn't nice. I wasn't good. And I, I didn't feel human. And these days it's like you don't realise just how bad you were until you break free and you take that big breath and you go, oh, my God, this is just fucking awesome. And then it, everything so, goes into Technicolor. Yeah, completely. Much like your beautiful hair. <laughs> my purple, yes. My purple ladies hair. and gentlemen, I have purple hair. I look Ollie a little has like beautiful, an egg. She looks like beautiful purple hair. She's yeah, my purple hair. Well, after you did your interview with Drifter, um, I know when I did mine, I had a bit of an emotional, I had this adrenaline rush at first. I felt so good. 
And then all of a sudden I went kaboom down into a little bit of a, I don't know, emotional, he calls them emotional hangovers or something like that. So did you feel any of that kind of stuff after telling his if I'm honest, I had a bit of the opposite, truth be told. Um, I found it quite therapeutic because it sounds really daft, but this has been my problem and I've just taken complete ownership on it and haven't let anybody else know. And I've never had to sit back and think about the process of my drinking or how it happened or all the things that I used to do and analyze all the terrible behaviors and all the feelings that go alongside it. So it was kind of like a, it was kind of like therapy. Um, it was kind of good to get it off my chest and you know, it's, my view was I those things happened um I can't change a damn thing you know the past is the past and you cannot change it all you can do is learn from it put it down to experience and in this case if anybody that is struggling to either come to terms with having an alcohol problem or anybody who is struggling to get sober listens to it and learns from it or takes anything from it you know there's all that you know just you know 70 resets and here I am 10 weeks sober you know if anybody just gets a little bit of something from it then you know I'm actually genuinely happy that I did it and it's there as a resource to help people if anybody wants it <laughs> so I was just kind of relieved to share and happy to help um and like I say I did read it I did listen to it back and I've got no regrets over it um Good. the first thing the first thing my husband said was did you mention me in there at all it's not about you it's not about me and yet here's the guy that stood by you through oh all gosh of yeah this, he's, he's been know. an absolute rock he doesn't realize how much of a rock he's been to be honest i can't tell him because you'll like get a big head well no they get a big all. head and they get they get this swelled head yeah. don't they <laughs> they well, think geez, there's something don't brilliant i don't need that <laughs> yeah so he's been but yeah no in terms of that just um i, I was kind of shocked that i don't think that my story is incredibly interesting um i think it's I just think it's my story and you know the only thing that I was worried about when you do something like this and I think everybody's mm -hmm. probably had the same thing is just because it's out there doesn't mean anybody's going to listen to it <laughs> so you sort of put all this effort into it you're like well you know if anybody listens to it great if anybody learns from it fantastic if it helps one person absolutely brilliant and then Drifter turned around and gave me the number of people that have listened to it and I nearly yes. fell off the chair <laughs> And how many people um, came back and wrote on your timeline how much oh, the feedback? I got, I how did really, that make you feel? It made me feel really good because when you kind of, you know this, Polly, when, it's, when you're sober, you feel really good and you kind of want to help people. Um, you want to kind of show people the light and say, I've done it. It's doable. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. And all these people kind of coming back and sort of saying, oh, you know, I relate so much to, you know, not everybody relates to everything. You can't do it. But people came back and were just like, oh, you know, things like inspiration and role model and, you know, loads of people just kind of 
related to bits of it and I just thought that was brilliant people don't have to get in touch and tell you these things but there was like a lot of people that they're still doing it now um writing my posts on IAS and say just listen to your podcast thank you for sharing so that's a a nice thing and um I think also when you share and you get positive feedbacks either if it's a post or if it's a podcast whichever those things motivate you to keep taking the next step forward they do, because when you put something like that, when you kind of laid your chips down and laid your cards down and said, you know, lay down, you know, you're naked. When you do these posts, you're kind of naked. Yes. You, you, you know, there's nothing to hide. You're bare ass naked, tits out, arse out, arms to the side going, this is me. Um, sorry for the visual there, everybody. You know, funny enough, and I will say this, I will let people out there know, um, um, a lot of, I asked people know that we have a sisterhood. Um, we've grown slowly in six months to quite a lot of ladies, and we're about to have our first sister Zoom. And guess what song I picked? Oh, go, go on. This is me. Hey, good song. <laughs> good song. Because, yeah. yes, like you say, when you strip it all down, this is you are who you are yeah and you know and all of that stripping back all of that getting you you know standing there naked in front of the world and saying this is me and this is what's happened and you know a big part of that was the struggle and where I am now and you know my story was basically yes I had a drinking problem everybody on this anybody listening to this probably has a degree of drinking issues you know there's a huge Mm -hmm. spectrum on that um, but regardless of where you are on that spectrum of drinking issues, you know, my story is my story. And the biggest part of it was the struggle to get sober again. So, you know, crawling through hell to get where I am. And my story means nothing if I then have a drink and go back to zero. So I saw, oh, I have to say, tell this, Polly, I saw a brilliant thing that popped up on the internet today. And it was, I am one drink away from never being sober again. It's so true. That's me. me. And me. I think uh, I think there are so many people can relate to it because I think that is um, what is it? Uh, One drink is too many and 100 is never enough. Yeah. Is what they say in AA. And you're one drink away from being an alcoholic again. Well, we are alcoholics. Well, everybody's got their own word for it. Alcoholic, alcohol dependent. Um, whatever word you want to use to describe yourself, it's your word, it's your choice, it's yourself. Um, I don't like labels. And, Me uh, neither. I don't like them. Um, you know, you're right, we are one drink away. Yeah. One, so not just, even one drink, one sip. One, yeah, just one sip. So, you know, all of that. All of that's for nothing if I do it. So a big part of the, you know, a big part of the, the the step and the leap into sharing the story was by putting it out there. I'm a fraud if I have a drink again. So that's been a, a massive motivational factor. So, you know, it's no longer just letting myself down 
or my husband or my patients or anything else there's um you know I've now let people in so yes. you know there's the sisterhood that I'd be letting down and you know you, if I did everybody would be fantastic there's, there'd be no judgment on it it's mainly me but you know there's other people that I'd be letting down um you know and it it just makes the whole thought of a sip of anything just so even more not worth it than it was before I mean, it's like Karina and I did that one and we said we talked about the fear of never drinking again. We now have a fear of ever drinking again. Yeah. And it's Take the end off. The ever is, is, is there. You know, I yeah. don't ever want to drink again. Well, all I have to do whenever I think, you know, Rob and my husband had a, um, a glass of wine last night and I have a bottle of wine and I was absolutely fine with it. And, you know, I kind of saw that bottle and I was kind of. I wasn't tempted in any way, shape or form, but there was like a little bit of a bit of me that went, oh, fine. And I was like, nah, don't be daft. And it was that whole great big battle of just that, just one sip and I'm exactly back to square one. And it was really easy. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a turnaround. It was quicker than that. It was just an instant, no. Play the tape forward. Yeah, play the tape forward. And all I have to do is think about the past seven, seven months of my life desperate trying to claw my way back to where I have now achieved so you know and so not worth it. it well I totally agree it's not worth it um you I don't think you had any negative comments at all from your share I didn't see if there was any I didn't see them I think everything I saw was so positive um like we say that that gives motivation to keep going how describe a feeling for today how are you actually feeling the feeling oh today today is motivated yeah <laughs> so today is getting stuff done being motivated um energized is another one i'll throw in today so you know motivated energized um happy, uh, happy very happy my husband even said last even said yesterday, he was like, you've completely changed. Um, and, you know, last time we tried to move the freezer into our cellar, um, might have been a bit drunk. <laughs> <laughs> God, so that doesn't bear you thinking about trying to move that piece of yeah, equipment. So last time we tried to move the freezer down the cellar, it's not easy. I might have been absolutely shit faced. Yeah. Throwing desperately to hide it, not breathe on him or all the rest of it. And all that happened was he got cross. I fell over. The freezer landed. We nearly lost the freezer. Yeah. And the freezer now has a dent in the side of it from where I cocked up. So, so basically yesterday it was moving the freezer. And, you know, um, Gollum Mel would have just kind of gone, now I'm not doing that. I've got other things to do. Yeah. I usually go to the cellar and drink or something. Um, and he kind of said, oh, you know, you know, do you want to move the freezer? I was like, oh, I don't really want to, but I will do. Yeah, <laughs> it's, sort of fun, it's sort of fun job. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna suddenly go, yeah, let's move the freezer. Um, but yeah, so basically, you kind of went. Oh, that was, you know, that was much more fun than last time. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually got the freezer downstairs as opposed to what happened previously, which was a disaster. Yeah, I remember what I, I mean. Oh, oh God, I remember when I um I didn't. I didn't realize I'd put one of the chopping boards and they're not wooden chopping boards into the oven. Oh no. And I turned the oven on to heat up for something. And all of a sudden I got this weird smell (laughs) through the house. 
and the smoke alarm started going off. And I opened the oven the door and there's this melted no. chopping board between the rack, going down between the racks and the house is thick with smoke. <laughs> and of course, I'm halfway to shit face by then. And I'd probably been shit faced the night before when I did it. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> we have done. I mean, when you sit, like you say, when you think about it, we don't say everything we've done because of the way we fear we're going to be judged. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's, I think you have to hold something back, don't you, to be honest? You know, you can't. But I think for the most part, there's like loads of stuff that I, loads of stuff that I did. But when I first started, um, when I first started this episode of sobriety, and um, started on the 1st of March, and, um, you know, I did a lot of analysing. I did a lot of thinking, you know, I was doing a lot of kind of interesting posts on IAS. So that's where my fuck it button came from and the dementia. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> I love that, yeah. It, love but it's so it true, the fuck it button. It's like, it, I just, I lived in that mode where I just didn't care anymore. And it was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to drink. And, you know, I, I'm now taking that fuck it button forward into sobriety a little bit because I now know that there's aspects in my character that I can throw that out that aren't drink related. Mm-hmm. And it's, I suddenly realised, oh, do you know what? That's a bit scary. That's a bit FIB. <laughs> so I'm kind of realising that, it, you know, does, that translates into, into sober life as well. Um, and also things like, you know, that's where the Dementor thing came from, thinking that the, the, the you know, me viewing alcohol as a bit of a dementor just there to trap me so you know I was being quite deep and meaningful and I think all this kind of stuff at the beginning just it sets some really good foundations so I've kind of now got a bit of a toolbox and I feel prepared in case I do kind of have what I call a dementor attack so my husband laughed at me she's like have you had any dementor attacks and I was like no but you know it's going to happen I can't get away with it this lightly but it's going to happen but you know I've even said to friends and family it's like if I ever say dementor attack do you know what I mean and they're like absolutely thank you you're so in tune with water but anyway just before we paused we talked about you you mentioned tools and you and you said you talk do all of your family know about the dementor um I kind of, I haven't, I've been drip feeding, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So rather than overload everybody with just how bad things were, I've been kind of slowly drip feeding rather than drowning them with all the uh, ins and outs and the horrors of what I've been doing. So every now and then I'll just kind of drop a little bit of, um, I'll drop them a bit of a hint. Um, But yeah, the Dementor, um, good friends know about that. Um, mm-hmm. Not that we've been able to see anybody because of the lockdown, but now people are socialising again and pubs and restaurants are opening. Um, I probably will kind of say to people that I trust to kind of go, yeah, if there's a, if I say Dementor, you know, just give me five minutes, I'll just bugger off and do something. Um, and yeah, my uh, my mum's a bit of a weird one. Um, she's supportive. She's selectively supportive on things she approves of. So they, they say they're going to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. which is good so in the you know I, I dropped them an email to tell them that I was uh, I didn't have a I nicked this one off Catherine Gray um I, I love sent that them an book. email oh I know it's brilliant mm-hmm. read it everybody if you haven't read it read it Catherine Gray the unexpected joys of being sober um 
but yeah, she um, she sort of says, oh, you know, when people ask her, you know, why don't you drink? Did you have a drinking problem? And she refers, she replies and says, uh, I didn't have, uh, no, I didn't have a drinking problem. I was bloody great at drinking. Yeah, I was <laughs> so an Olympic I, uh, gold medalist. I know. I nicked that and I saw an email to mum and dad. I kind of went, I'd just like to say right now that I don't have a drinking problem. What well, I was bloody great at drinking, what I've got is a stopping problem and a starting exactly- problem. She's actually got a new book out next month, hasn't she? <gasps> Has she? Oh, yes. Um, I just started reading her book, The Unexpected Joy of the Ordinary, just being. Ooh, we'll have a look at that. So, as you can see, it's got highlighters and pieces of paper. And all. I'm dreadful with books. Um, uh, yeah, she's got a new book coming out uh, next month. Is it The Sunshine of Sobriety or something? It's to do with so- sobriety anyway. Yeah. Um, well, she's so positive with her sobriety. It's really it's really nice. Yeah, she's got an Instagram page as well. For anybody who wants to go onto Instagram and check her out, Catherine Gray, she's she's really good. I mean, she one of her tools was, grat- and she talks about it, a gratitude list. Yeah. But she describes the gratitude list is you don't just sit there and mouth off. Oh, well, I'm grateful today was a good day. I'm grateful today I had that. I'm grateful. She makes you think. Yeah. Well, I do, I've never sort of done the gratitude stuff knowingly. Um, but yeah, the, the, I kind of I can appreciate that. I think I just kind of I think it just that book in particular was the got me into IAS as well and without that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here and I wouldn't have you and I wouldn't have Drifter and everybody else so because yeah. of her I'm eternally grateful because she mm-hmm. on a fleeting thing right at the end she mentions IAS so you know because of that here I am <laughs> um but yeah so just trying to think but Dementors yeah if I say Dementor Attack there's a few people that understand it um, and that will become more and more and more because I think one of the powerful tools this time has actually been opening the doors and letting people in. So previously I, took, I was very um, embarrassed, anxious, ashamed, scared of letting anybody know I had a problem. Um, very secretive. Yeah, incredibly secretive. Um, I didn't want anybody to know because everybody always thinks about pissheads and alcoholics as, you know, having a dog in a park under a bridge drinking cider out of a, you know, paper bag. With it's a, a dreadful picture, and, isn't it, that they've got, but an alcoholic can be anybody. I know, and it, it's, it is anybody, and, you know, that's what I've learned on mm. IAS and from everybody on our Sober Sisters, it's anybody. You know, it's, there's, nothing, there's nothing special about us as a group. It's... It, it just gets us and it gets you at any time. And that's the scary thing. But when you say alcoholic, you know, I was in denial for so long because you just think of all the negative things and, you know, and it's scary because you can never drink again as an alcoholic. And that's terrifying when you first get your head around it. And that takes a long time to mourn the loss of, you know, all the stuff that you inverted commas miss out on with mm-hmm. friends and family and everything. And that that's a big pill to swallow. And I think that's a big part of your journey through sobriety is letting go of that. And that's, you know, the first time I gave up drinking last June, that was, I think I spent four days crying. Just, it suddenly <laughs> dawned on me. Honest to God, for oh, so many reasons. best friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it was. It was like, you know, I'll never sit there with a gin and tonic with my dad. And nowadays it's like, Jesus, why the fuck would I want to do that to myself? I'd much rather have a nice something else, a cup of tea with my dad, and then I won't make a complete tit of myself. 
and also um, you've got to go through these emotions to come out the other side. You do. And one thing I learned with all the millions of resets that I did was um, you, you, the, the first time I tried to give up, the emotions were really, really high. Um, you know, mourning the loss. You go through a mourning phase. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. losing somebody. You go through so many different phases, like denial, anger, um, blah, 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 whatever they are. You, you go through the whole lot um, and you come out red raw at the end of it. And I think with this time, I've made so many mistakes and learned so much. I think by the time I gave up by March, I was kind of the acceptance phase. I think You're just tired kind of, of giving up. Yeah, definitely. So there's, there's there's so much to kind of, and I think that's why it's really difficult when you go on IAS and everybody's like resetting and resetting and resetting, or you're seeing somebody struggling because you know they can do it, and it's that belief in yourself and. Uh, you know and having other people believe in you really helps Mm -hmm. because being somebody with a drinking problem or an alcoholic um without company is one of the worst things in the world you just you think it's just you and you hate yourself and you wonder what's wrong with you and why me and how did I do this to myself and there's so many awful things that run through your head in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning when you've been awake since 11 and you're not sleeping Mm -hmm. you know you're just in this horrible place of just hating yourself and it doesn't help at all and you know when you sort of discover that there's other people out there and they're going through the same thing you know you wouldn't wish it on anybody but at least you got company and you can kind of say oh do you know I had a really shit night last night I wish I hadn't drink but here I am and, you and they understand perfectly like, yeah they, un- they understand the emotions the feelings what you're going through, the, and the amount of people that we get in IAS who reset, reset, but everybody just comes back and says, come on, pick yourself up, dust yourself yeah. off, get yeah. back in the game. Don't yeah. and don't do, we can't say what our friend Lilo, Lilo, you got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've never got this. No, no one has ever got this. No. It's a work in progress constantly. It's- it's always a work in progress and it's you know and it's once you kind of break the cycle it gets easier that's not saying that it's ever going to be easy that's not saying that there isn't going to be something that might trip me up it's just that awareness of it and that you know being a grown-up and going do you know what this I hope to God this is my I hope to God that hand sanitizer is the last alcoholic beverage that has ever crossed ever crosses my mouth knowingly mm-hmm. again. But there is a realization that you know what nobody's perfect and I might have a slip up. I just hope to God that I'm prepared enough that it doesn't happen. And, yeah, the old expression: never say never. Yeah, never say never. I don't want to drink again. I'm you know I'm openly letting people know that I do not drink. I don't say why. If anybody, if anybody says why, I kind of go, I just decided it wasn't for me. And in truth, you've decided it's not for you. It's not yeah, where I'm you not want lying. to be. No. But I don't really, you know, if patients mention booze or something and they say, I'll bring you a nice bottle or something next time, it's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, get me some flowers or something because, you know, I, I don't drink. And they go, oh, yeah. really? You don't drink? It's like, yeah, I just decided it wasn't for me. And if you come back, what I'm learning is that if you say why, and say it's just not for me. It's amazing how many people just go, all right. It's, it's accepted. It's, it's incredible. It's like if you say it just wasn't for me, they don't go, why is it not for you? Blah, 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 blah. They don't question it. Nobody cares is the, is the reality of it. The only person is- that 
Sorry, go carry on. on, Polly. Yeah, go ahead. The only person. The only person, the only person it, it, it means anything to is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the bottom line. That's the only person that it really matters to. Nobody around you cares if you don't drink. And it's like, it's, well, it's as you. we say, my hair is purple today. And if anybody says to me, why did you dye your hair purple? Because it felt like it. Yeah, you know, I think it's cool. Why, you know, why do I have yeah. to have a reason? I just wanted to do it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't been... have to justify why I decided to go purple. Exactly. You know, it, I think it's... I think when you're like that, it, it shows that you are owning your sobriety. You're not making excuses for it because if you start giving the expla- explanation, to me, that's like you're making an excuse for why you're sober. You don't yeah. need to make an excuse for why you're sober. No, and it sounds I don't need to make an excuse. And it sounds really, really daft, but, you know, I'm turning 40 this year and... I really don't, I'm never bothered about the number. I'm more worried about people buying booze when I don't want it, which is ridiculous. And I'm kind of forward proofing and there's certain things that I'm really looking forward to. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to having a sober 40th birthday. I'm really looking forward to going on holiday and not feeling, not having the pressure of booze. And there's so much I'm looking forward to in terms of, you know, also personal challenge because you know it is challenging when everybody around you is drinking on holiday and a year ago I don't think I could have hacked it but now I, I'm, I don't think I give a toss I think and it'll be I think it's like you say it's that ownership you know it's like it's almost a new identity a new superpower rebirth it, yeah it's a rebirth it's a new identity it's a new superpower it you know allow it to define you in a positive way rather than yeah, hold you yeah. back which is yeah. what alcohol always did to me so and also um you talk about your birthday mm. are you having some sort of uh get together for your birthday i don't know we're going away for it and there'll be about 14 of us um it's scuba diving in the silly isles so that'd be lovely provided oh my the gosh, COVID, that's COVID allowing gorgeous. yes i love the sillies so um, yeah it's, and uh, uh also what i mean if you've got these people that many people coming um these people know the word dementor and what it means they won't but i imagine throughout the week they will yeah so and, but also people- would it would it here's here's a thought this is just me um just mention, just text or just send a little group message saying um, if, and I mean, this is, people don't have to buy you anything for your birthday. This is just because, you know, people will buy you something. It's your, it's, it's a big, it's your big birthday. This is your grown up day. This yes. is the day you become an adult and you will be an adult this time because you'll be a sober Yay. adult. Yes. <laughs> you are going to celebrate your 40th birthday. Stone cold sober. Is that not awesome? Sunshine sober, um, sunshine sober, sunshine sober. Just say, uh, guys, if you are going to get me anything, could you get me a gift certificate or something like that? And you can take those and you can buy yourself something nice as a memento of a sober 40th mm-hmm. birthday. Because, you know, if you don't say anything, people will turn up with bottles of champagne or yeah. a really nice wine that they know you used to like or your favorite mm-hmm. gin. So. Like Catherine Gray always says, you give yourself an escape route if you mm. go to a party. Well, this is a kind of an escape route 
Yeah, so I've, I've, you know what, that's, a, that's a really good point because everybody that's on the trip, we've got a WhatsApp group, so I'll just send everybody a gentle, a gentle, uh, a nice thing in the WhatsApp group, just saying, yeah. I've given up alcohol. Yes, so um, I'll just, I am. Thank you. I'm going into my 40s sober. Yeah. Um, that's all. I mean, you're not making it. That's a celebration. That's yeah, not definitely. an ex- that's nothing to be ashamed of. That is not um, an excuse. That is you taking ownership of your sobriety and saying, do you know what? I'm sober and I'm going into my 40s sober and I'm going to be a fucking happy 40-year-old sober. <laughs> you know, uh, the sun is going to shine. I don't give a toss if it's raining. The sun inside me is shining. Well, it's really funny because we're, we're, we're going scuba diving and the uh, there's a thing called narcosis in scuba diving, which is if you go too deep, yes. um, you sometimes get a sensation of being drunk. And I've never, I've been down to 65 metres um, in the UK, which is fairly deep in terms of scuba diving. Um, you know, call the right kit for it and stuff. And the ongoing joke is that, you know, Mel doesn't get narked. So... But most of the time when I've been scuba diving, there's always been like a little bit, you know, I never Dipsy. used to drink. And, I never used to drink and I've never drank and dived. But sometimes <laughs> I di- I've never, I've, sometimes <laughs> I drink and dive. <laughs> That's a yeah, I've, never, I've never drank and dived because you're not allowed to do that. It could kill you. Um, but I have occasionally done the odd uh, hungover scuba dive and that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But my husband said the other day, he just turned around and he went, it's going to be interesting new scuba diving with the with your new sober head isn't it and I was like well maybe you never got narcosis because you were so fucked most of the time you were permanently pissed I was like oh my god Jesus so uh that, I'm sure we can turn that one into a bit of a you, yeah you're gonna have you're gonna have such an awesome birthday and oh, you know wait. what you're gonna remember every minute of it that's yeah. gonna be the best part and not gonna um, take tins of dirty coca-cola to try and get the sugar high so i don't end up feeling like crap on the dive no and no bloating from overeating over drinking over celebrating etc i love not being bloated i don't know you oh it's brilliant isn't it and the um did you notice as well that your face sort of looked a bit less puffy excuse me this old face forget it yeah your face yeah (laughs) it is actually um you do because you lose a lot of the hangdog look that you have mm. when you're trying to get through a day with a hangover. I mean, <coughs> I never had throwing up hangovers. I just felt dead tired. Yeah, I, I, I listened to your story, actually, and I did relate to that bit. You kept saying that, you know, you didn't get horrible. I would just feel I think we had the same experience. I would never feel hungover. I just felt really tired, mm-hmm. um, a bit sluggish, but I never yep. got headaches. Nope. Um, I never, occasionally, if I had like a bottle and a half of gin in a night, I would feel nauseated and wouldn't keep, wouldn't eat for the day because I couldn't keep it down. But I think that's actually called alcohol poisoning. Um, <laughs> but and how many I times, would... yeah, when you felt like that, the moment you cracked that drink in the evening and took the first sip, oh, I'm better. I'm like, revived. Polly, I, <laughs> I, I never waited that long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, can we laugh about long. all this now? This is just so awesome because I never can, got to the, if I felt 
that shit I'd call in sick for work and I'd just go and drink from like I'd, t- I'd go to work at like 8 o'clock in the morning go to the co-op buy a bottle of gin or rum or something like that and just sit and drink all day because I felt so shit I, I could have made it to the evening if I felt that bad no but I mean when you do feel like that the, the, the moment you take that first sip, all of a sudden, you're oh, revived. It's magic. Yeah. It's magic. But it's not. All you're doing is topping the tank. And I'd had a conversation about it. So if you imagine your gas tank, a lot of people never let their gas tank go below a quarter of a tank. Mm-hmm. So when you're drinking every day, you never get empty. Never. So you're constantly topping your tank. So you are constantly drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I, I definitely was. Yeah. You know, d- absolutely. I don't think, you know, you, that's why I kind of like felt, that's why I described myself earlier as a creature because I wasn't human. I was just, you know, different different levels of, I probably did sober up at some points, but, you know, if I was working, if I did go to work for a day when I got home from work, I would be sober. But then I'd undo it all by having another drink, whether or not yeah. it was a little mini bottle of wine walking along the canal on the way home or hitting the gym when I got in. It, it, you know, you just undid everything that you've done it. And I think that's why the first time I detoxed after in June last year, the reason I was so poorly was because I hadn't had more than about four hours sober in three months. This is it. And, um, it's, you know, you, it's horrible. It is, but it's now not anywhere. we, And because we've had those experiences, because we've got all those visuals in our head now, we don't want to go back there we know what that feeling is like Mm. we know how awful we felt Mm. we we from this far away from it we can actually get a good visual yeah we're not going to tell everybody what we did but in our own mind we've got a good visual of what we were like and i can say hand on heart i'm not going there yeah unless something unless there was something totally devastating which I can't imagine anything that bad because like we say you you look at people on day one day zero resetting and I can't I can't I can't you can you can survive almost anything yeah you can and and you just want to kind of like grab them and give them a hug and say you can do it you can do it you know one breath at a time one minute at a time don't you know five minutes you can do it and it's the hardest thing is breaking the cycle yes and then because that's the way I you know I I knew that I had to break the cycle because I've done it before um you know you know especially when you've done it before you know how it doesn't get easy. It never gets easy, but it does become the habits become different. I, so, I think habits is a good word to use because you develop healthier habits. You develop yeah. habits that you enjoy because for the first time in so many years, you're actually alive. Yeah. And you you feel alive. It's really daft. You don't know how you didn't realize how utterly dead you were until 
until you suddenly kind of realize I'm doing all this stuff, you know, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock and I'm sleeping through till six, easy peasy. You know, my cat wakes me and my husband up at four o'clock every morning. I don't hear a damn thing and I am not passed out drunk. That is me (laughs) absolutely (laughs) dead to the world. And it's like every morning he goes, your bloody cat. It's like, what happened? It's like the fucking thing woke me up at four o'clock to go outside again. I was like, are you serious? So apparently every night at four o'clock, this cat wakes us up and apparently he's jumped on me and screamed in my face and I still don't wake up. Um, That's catching up on all the sleep you never had for all those years. (laughs) Jesus. I think I am because I used to be a really good sleeper. And then I just honestly, if I got one hour sleep a night, I was going to bed at nine, falling asleep instantly or passing out more to the point. But I would wake up any point from 11 o'clock p.m. And, you know, waking up at 11 or 1 a.m. was completely normal. And mm-hmm. you're tired. And it's that usual thing of, you know, your worst, baddest thoughts all come out when you're tired and you're not sleeping. And all you want to do is go to sleep. You know, a year ago, I was doing that. So flash forward a, a, a year now. And, you know, I am literally comatose. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a joyful sleep. It's a truly restful sleep when you get that sleep. Even if it's only a four or a five hour sleep, it's sleep. It's not alcohol induced passing out. This is this is the restful sleep that your body needs to heal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's it's just completely different. You you don't you, don't get me wrong, I do feel tired some mornings, even though I've had a really good sleep. But you know, I was breaking my poor body for years. So it's got a lot of healing to do, it's got a lot of repairing to do. And I think as well, it's that I don't know if you're the same, but you recognize when you're tired as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. You you have those days where you recognize, oh, do you know, I just feel exhausted today, as opposed to kind of Am I tired? Am I hungover? Am I dehydrated? Am I hungry? Am I hangry? It's like you just you acknowledge you, you understand your body a bit better. And also you give yourself a lot more grace now that if you are having a day where you are tired, you no longer feel guilty for just taking half an hour to just sit there quietly and put your feet up with a cup of tea and just sit, even if it's just sat watching out the window. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, one thing that I found that one thing when I was doing all my analyzing and stuff like that at the uh, right at the beginning, I still do it now. Is I kind of realised that sometimes you just there's no there's a lot of wasted energy in trying to change the day. You know, you want every day to be really good or happy or whatever the hell it might be. And you know, when you're having a really shit day and you're emotional, you're tired or you're fed up or someone's pissed you off, you know, rather than putting the, rather than pushing the fuck it button and trying to escape from it. One thing that I've learned is, do you know what? If, to, if I'm tired today, I can't really do anything about that. You know, it's just wasted energy. Just roll with it. Do what you can. You know, just have a bath, have your dinner, you know, behave normally. Don't waste energy trying to change it because it's just not going to work. So I've just kind of become very accepting of today's a great day. Fucking awesome. Let's make the most of it. (laughs) And, you know, what are we going to do today? It's a good day. Happy days. And then other days when I'm a bit tired, you kind of, I put my work front on if I'm at work and it's like, you know, you can't let patients go, oh, I'm fucking tired today. Go away. (laughs) Um, It's it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. They won't come back. (laughs) Excuse me. Bye bye, kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can fuck off. I'm tired. Yeah. But uh, no, and... It, it's 
It's all right to have a bad day. Yeah, it's normal to have a bad day. It's, it's what everybody who doesn't drink has. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, I've had a bad day, fuck it button. Someone's pissed me off, fuck it button. Oh, this has happened, fuck it button. And you suddenly realise that this is whole life that I've been avoiding with the fuck it button. And it's just normal life. You know, things get in the way, things don't go well. Sometimes you you apply yourself to things and they turn to shit. Um, And that's just life. And I on think the converse side, you've mm. got all these wonderful things that happen that you didn't even, you know, like appreciating things like sleep, like the sound of birds in the morning and lying there at six o'clock, going for a walk, all these lovely things that you were <laughs> too hungover or drunk to appreciate. And um, yeah, you do appreciate. And one thing I've learned actually is I try not to overthink things because yeah. that gets me in trouble. And I adopted Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> you know, when when I'm starting to look at something and I'm thinking, uh, 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 and I go, no, stop. I mean, I I have to do a lot of, ra- of arranging because I have to go and have surgery soon. Yes, you're saying. Because, yeah. yeah. And because of my husband, et cetera, I have to put certain things in place. And... I love my sister-in-law to bits, but she was, well, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? And I'm going, stop, just stop. You know, it's simple. All we have to do is make sure that he's looking after, that I'm not straining myself. Boom, finished, done. Yeah. And you take it, you make yourself a little list and you make it and you you keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. And sobriety is the same thing. Yep. I think one thing, one of the lessons that I, one of the lessons that I did learn when I was doing that journal at the beginning, and I wrote about 20 things of all the different things that I've learned over all my resets. And one of them was, um, you know, I would do a wall in Excel and in that wall, it was like, how I was feeling. And was it black for no or green for yes? And I was doing IAS, I was doing, a journal I was doing this I was doing that I was doing quicklet I was doing I was just doing too much um mm-hmm. and it, it, you know and then when I paired it all back on this it's like on my on my March for March the 1st I just went I've just been doing too much I've been trying to do all these things for my sobriety it just wasn't working and when I paired it back and just went you guys oh yes it became it. so much easier it was it was one less thing to worry about it was one less stress in my life rather than trying to like do too many things at once because you know I, I like a good excel spreadsheet i'm a bit of a geek um so you know i that used to happen, but, yeah i but used to i used to link much. all mine because i used to do inventory and i used to link my spreadsheets because i had loads of different clinics so yeah. if i would take something from this clinic and put it in this clinic it automatically deleted it from this one so i was like yeah. Don't talk to me about spreadsheets. I go crazy with them. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. They're the best invention ever is an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I love an Excel spreadsheet. But as well, at the beginning, I was like, I was like, right, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to start running. I'm going to watch what I eat. And it's too much. (laughs) It really is. It's like, keep it simple. What's the most important thing right now? It's like, do you know what? I'm going to eat what those first few weeks. I just went, do you know what? I'm just going to eat what the fuck I like because... I'm not going to do anything. All I'm concentrating on right now is just my new alcohol-free life. 
One day at a time. One day at a time, alcohol-free life, happy sober. That's all I wanted. Every single day was just that happy sober. And Um, now? And now happy sober. Coming up for day number 70. Yes. Which is day, (laughs) is it today or tomorrow? Today, I think. It's today. I think it's today. You don't look a day over 69. (gasps) Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh yeah, but yeah. I, you know, again, it's just if you you kind of have this life changing thing where I know when I have what you know I, I can't. Oh, there you go, number sixty nine. There oh, you are. Look, well done. And yeah, I, I'm just like you know, do too much. It's like you know what? I have slowly because you get don't know about anybody else, but I might have gained a little bit of lockdown weight and a bit of um, alcoholic weight as well. You ever heard about uh, elasticated pants? Yeah, I've got some work there. Bloody marvellous. The best invention but, ever was elastic. No. Lycra. I think I've got a slightly elasticated tunic to work. It's so comfy. Yeah. yeah. I think all I concentrated on when I... It's um, coming up on one year when I came into IAS. Congratulations, Paul. Thank I'm you. so happy for you. Oh, um, I do? came in in May, but <laughs> I had a fall off on the 2nd of June, but I climbed back out one night I had. Um, but uh, well, we, if you're saying the did, June, are you, did you start on June 2nd? Yes. That's, 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 that's uh, no, sorry. Stuff. I fell off the wagon on June the 2nd. I climbed back on it on June the 3rd. I think me and Drifter and you were all within two days of each other. Yep, that's it. Like that's, That was the start of round one. He will be a year on the 2nd of June. I will be a year on the 3rd of June. But I came in, uh, I came into IAS. Um, that's going to be another podcast. I'll do a podcast on my own about why, because I think I need to do that one. This is uh, not an easy time for me, and I will talk about that another time. But um, all I did this time mostly was I'd done my research before I actually stopped drinking. So I'd done a lot of research because the first time, very first time I stopped drinking, all I knew was AA. I knew nothing else. I hadn't yeah. researched much. But then this time I did research before I really stopped. But all I did mostly when I stopped drinking was use IIS and put my tennis shoes on and go walking every morning. And that's, that, that's mostly what I did um, yeah. and just concentrated on that day because tomorrow is Monday and that's as much as I know. It's Monday. There are yeah. a couple of things already planned, but anything can go out the window through the rest of today and turn Monday on its head. Well, being yeah. a mountain re- <laughs> welcome to Life and Mountain Rescue. Did All your that- plans go completely out the window. We're going to pause there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the good stuff you've got going on now. Hello, Sobertown. We are back. Myself and T. Still riding this train. I would love to be riding the train in your area, in your neck of the woods. I bet the scenery out the train window would be beautiful over those moors. Oh, the Pennines are absolutely bloody gorgeous. We're very, very lucky. Very good. Very lucky indeed. And you do a lot of work out on the Pennines, don't you, that you volunteer to? I do, yes. So um, I'm in a volunteer for Mountain Rescue. So we do a fair bit of stuff in the in the Pennines, going sort of like find lost people and help people that have fallen over and usually broken their legs, to be honest. People <laughs> break their legs. Yeah, you <sighs> twisted, twisted my yeah. ankle a few times in a pothole. But, yeah, um, very, 
everyone with Mountain Rescue, everyone always thinks that it's, um, you know, people going out playing silly buggers. Um, and most of the time, 99% of the time, it's literally bog standard everyday people having a nice walk and they just have a bad day and take a tumble and break something. So it's, <laughs> it, that's, it happens. That's the reality. It happens. Everybody has accidents. I remember you talking a few weeks ago, um, whether it was in the sisters group or not, I think it was in the sisters group about how you got to drive the truck. <gasps> I did. I did. <laughs> it was it's like being a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I'm in Mountain Rescue, I'm fresh. So I, um, I've only been in the team a year and a bit. So I was a trainee, now I'm a probationary member. And I've got mm. my probationers assessment next month on the 5th to go full yes. member. Yes. So I'll hopefully get a full membership. Um, but uh, yeah, there was um, a day where I got, I was the only person locally who, um, I the base with the vehicles is around about, oh, maybe a two minute walk from my office door right now. So, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, couldn't be closer. And uh, yeah, I was panicking to get ready for this call out. And then they called me up and went, you're going to have to drive Mobile 3, which is this Nissan Navara thing. It's um, quite cool. And I, oh, how do you feel? It's like, has it got wheels and a steering wheel and a gear stick? And they're like, yes, in that case, I can drive it. That's fine. But yeah, I had to uh, drive it to the furthest point from our geographical location. It was right in the edge of our boundary as the, as the team. So uh, yeah, it turns out that when you're in a massive pickup, all labelled with four by four, and mountain rescue everywhere, mountain rescue ambulance on the front. I wasn't allowed to put blues and twos on, gutted. Um, <laughs> so no needle, needle, and I wanted to go. Uh, T level wanted to go. Lights and sirens all the light. way. <laughs> so there's a road in northern England called the M62, and it's renowned for being a bastard when it comes to traffic. Yeah. So normally, especially rush hour, four five o'clock, usually really bad. So I was sitting there, kind of wasn't like going, "Can I put blues and twos in if there's traffic?" And they were like, "If there's traffic, you can twos it, but you can you can blue and two it if there's traffic." Rush hour on the M62, clear as a fucking whistle. <laughs> Did you feel so disappointed? I was denied. <laughs> it turns out I was just like absolutely denied. So, so yeah, I got to drive the I got to drive the big truck. But they were quite funny. I, I've kind of I sort of let let the leader know um, off the cuff um, that I don't drink. So there's been a couple of call outs on. Um, so in the UK on, oh, I can't remember what day it was, a couple of Saturdays ago, pubs were allowed to open for this time, first time. So you could have people yeah. in the garden and the pubs opened in the UK. So it's a sunny Saturday. The pubs are all open. And at seven o'clock on Friday night is a call out. <laughs> Guess how many people were able to go? Just Mel. <laughs> there, was, there was a there was an entire eight of us in the entire team and most of them had had at least had had one so oh I shouldn't say that anyway but yeah within the legal driving limit anyway but there was a think of yes there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of no's um celebrating celebrating yeah, yeah. Kind of um, I was like yeah I don't drink and he's like right that's you screwed forever because now I've always got a driver like, yes cool. but but hey that. you know a four by four up yeah, over there yeah off-roading off-roading it wasn't off-roading this one was um this one was a search for a missing person um in a it was a bit odd it was a missing person who had sadly 
gone with the intent to take her life so it was memorable That's for sad. two reasons so memorable it was good it was memorable because I got to show the vehicle it was memorable as well um because we had to you know she was located very quickly and then we sort of had to wait for the police and CSI to do all their bits of a murder. So that's, it was, oh, that's tragic, it was, that is. Um, yeah, it was. There's well, uh, and to think, I mean, she went off and did that and to think we felt like that at one point. I know. And she did it with booze as well. It's, so she actually so she took she she went away and she was found with two empty bottles of red with a whole lot of other stuff, but she went to she went with booze. So it's sad. Quite, pardon, pardon the expression, it was quite sobering. I would think so. Um, and you have to look, and this is an awful thing to say, but you say there, but for the grace of God. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. we have done some stupid stuff when we've been drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot, I don't know if you're the same, but a hell of a lot of near misses. Oh my gosh, I can't so tell many you how many misses. times, how many times I have had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to take my husband to an appointment where I have to be out of the house at five o'clock, but I didn't finish drinking till late the night before. Mm. So I know full well if I'd have been stopped, I wouldn't because I was only topping up and never really mm. sober. You know, and that is rush hour traffic. And in this area, rush hour traffic is like every man for himself. It's like one of those games that you see. Um, well, it's like the Fast and the Furious round here. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <But> you, yeah. <laughs> you've done a couple of mountain rescue things yeah. sober. Did you do any way you were hungover and just hated being out there? I was generally, um, I never, the call outs tended to fall really well with my drinking, um, thank God. Um, and I also, once, once I, I passed my assessment in December, and I did three weeks in December sober on the back of the elation of getting the team and being on the call out list. Yeah. Um, I think I said no to one call out because it was 10 o'clock in the morning and I was already been drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only one I've had to say no to. I've been to every other call out. Um, I've been asked, I've been able to go on. I've gone to, so I only had to say no to one um, because of that. And the other ones, I've never, never been to one hungover, never been to one drunk. I've actually managed to. It's fallen well, and that, that's that's just sheer luck. Hot, that's sheer luck. Um, there's no other word for it. It was it was just luck. Because um, there could have been occasions where I may have said yes to something and not known about it because I black out when I drunk. So I could have said yes, not bothered turning up or heaven forbid, imagine trying to get there and then getting turned around or pulled by the police. And it could have gone very badly wrong for me very, very quickly. And that would have been an instant out the team and probably lose my driving license at the same time. But so, the call outs you've been on since March, 1st of March, any call outs you've been on since that's your day one sober? This, yeah. this 70 days, how, I know this isn't the right thing to say because these, as you say, quite tragic, but how joyful does it make you to know that you, it make you feel to know that you are going out there stone cold, sober with all your wits and your everything firing? It feels really, really good. It, it feels really good because... 
it, you're going to help somebody and you know that you're going to be, you know, you, you know that you're going to help somebody. And that's a really, really good feeling. And when the alarm goes off, you know, one o'clock in the morning, so twice, oh God, I had last week, I had three. So I had one on Sunday night, one on Tuesday, and one at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And when it goes up at one o'clock in the morning, I can turn up. I haven't been to the pub on Friday night. Um, I can turn up at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday to go look for a missing person in the woods somewhere. Um, and it feels really, really good to be able to do that. Um, you know, it's a way Friday, you nights, get... Friday nights and Saturday nights, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's a volunteer thing. People will go to the pub. It's, you, you know, Mountain Rescue doesn't come first. You, you're you first and then you Mountain Rescue. And it's volunteer basis. There's no one holding a knife to your neck and saying, you must go on this call out. If you can't make it, you just say no. Nobody's going to think mm-hmm. any the worse of you. Um, but because I can make the late night ones, I can make the early morning ones because. I'm not tired. I'm not drunk. I'm not hungover. It feels really, really good to kind of be a, you know, apart from that one that I said no to, I've been to every call out on my colour and some call outs in other colours because I can. You're giving back. It's voluntary. It's all voluntary. You're giving back. And by sharing like this, we're giving back. We're, We're telling people that, look, Life can be good. You don't need alcohol to be happy. Why? I mean, we've used it. I mean, we sound like we're preaching, don't we? But we're not. We're 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 talking to people from a place we know. Yeah, and we're we're coming at it as well from pretty dark places. Yes. So you know, when you've you kind of almost it's like two different lives like you say we spoke earlier about being reborn but you know Mm -hmm. the reason that anybody that's found sobriety wants to share it and wants to give back is because you just feel so bloody marvelous that's it you want other people people to have the same kind of feelings you want other people to have this chance at life yeah um it's we sound very cliche at times, but there is no other way to talk about it sometimes. But cliches are there for a reason. <laughs> they exist <laughs> to be used. Because they exist because there's a pattern. You know, they, I mean, it's, oh, <laughs> the only thing that breaks my heart is the moment that I, you know, there's people that you know have issues and you know that they're not ready to hear it. Because it's a very personal thing, you know, if somebody yes. told me, if somebody told me, you know, I had an intervention with friends and I just, I was so devastated um, that they had noticed that they thought I had a drinking problem, you know, that other people knew. I was absolutely devastated and I didn't take it well. Um, I wasn't ready for it. Because you see, you view it as criticism of yourself. Oh, yeah. And and it almost feels like you've got, it feels like you're, it almost feels like a breakdown of your character because suddenly the person that you thought you were isn't the person they think you are. And that really bothers me. So I was so worried because it's like, right, so the person that I thought I was, they don't think I'm that person anymore. And this is all a bit shit. And I didn't deal very well with that. I did try to do something about it. Um, which is when I signed up for the half marathon, tried to run myself well, um, but then it all it, then it all just started again. So it, it wasn't long lasting, but I was just mortified. And every time I think of that, whenever I see I've got um, somebody in my family who I'm very close to, and 
you can tell a million miles away that they've got quite a serious drinking problem. Um, and I've tried to have words with them, not from a preachy, oh, my God, I'm sober, isn't it amazing? It's oh, like, don't you, know, you hate those do kind you of want people. To, I know. It's like, you know, you just want to go, do you want to talk about anything? You know, is there anything you want to tell me? Um, and you just kind of want to be supportive and maybe kind of get, you know, if, if there's anything you ever want to talk to me about, I'm here. But if you don't, I completely get it. And you always want to give them a shake and go, I'm here, I understand, for God's sake, use me. <laughs> but they need to they need to realise it themselves. They've got to get there by themselves. You've got to get there. And you've got to, you've got to <laughs> want to do it. That's the thing that got me. It's like you've actually got the only person who can who can break it is you. You need support. Like, you need support. You need people around me. You need your sober crew around you to help you. But the only person who's ever going to break the cycle is you. And you've got to want to do it. And you don't, I, you know. Yeah, I, I had a conversation. Drinking, I wouldn't I had recommend a, drinking hand sanitizer, but no, <laughs> it got me there. That's not, that's not for, when you got over the the, the feeling of, what the inter- the feelings that the intervention brought out and you got to where you are now, do you view that differently? You felt it was a criticism, et cetera, et cetera. Now would you say it was a bit of a turning point? It was, it was a turning point. And as opposed to then when I was just very hurt, very angry, um, I didn't view it in a very positive light. It was all very negative. It was all very, oh, woe is me. My friends think I'm an alcoholic. Oh, dear, isn't it terrible? <laughs> it's like, I was a bloody alcoholic. Like, even knew I was a bloody alcoholic as well. Yes. That's, the, that's the funniest bit. I knew it. I did, they weren't telling me anything I didn't know. I just thought I was better at hiding it than that. Evidently not. No. So, um, but I look back and their hearts were in absolutely the right places. They were just trying to do what I'm trying to do for this person. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm here if you need me if you need anything let me know and it, they were trying to be supportive but I just wasn't ready for it I, I but the difference the difference between that and this now with what you're trying to do with this person is you understand the feelings of someone coming and you know saying to you about the way they approached you sorry start that again you know exactly how you felt in the way that they approached you that yeah. you don't want someone else yeah I felt yeah I felt blindsided when they did it they were trying to help but it was it it was a bit bulldozy full-on and that just made me reverse right back away from the problem and the shame the guilt shame the guilt the all of that came and comes into play doesn't it because here we go again you never want to be viewed as less than yeah and you know you want to be you want to be viewed as a good person, not someone who needs an intervention, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera. Um, exactly. Because it puts us on that when, when that kind of thing happens, we get put on the defensive because we know we're in the wrong. Yeah. We know what we're doing is wrong. And it's a bit like when you were caught out in something by your mom or your dad and it was like, no, it wasn't me. Yeah, now, I didn't do it. It's and it's the defense mechanism and it always pops in. It's human nature. It's the it's yeah. it's, it's the way we're made, you know. Well, really, the way I kind of view it, it's kind of like I don't imagine when you've got a drinking problem, regardless of like I said, the spectrum, everybody's on different paths, different parts of the spectrum. Yes. It, you know, anybody that's carrying a bit of extra weight 
especially people that are edging towards the kind of obese sector, you're not going to look in the mirror and go, fucking hell, don't I look amazing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know, they know anybody that's carrying a bit of extra weight is aware that when they go to the doctors and the doctor puts them on the scales and the note or the nurse and they're going to go, you need to lose a few pounds. It's like you, when you've got someone who's like three stone overweight and they're, and they're yeah. getting the scales. The doctor or the nurse isn't telling them anything. They don't already know. It's ridiculous. I mean, how many times, how many times did you stand in front of a mirror in the morning after a night before and go, sweet Jesus, what have I done again? Yeah. You know it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you say, you have to get to the point where you can literally break the cycle on a more permanent basis. Exactly. And it's go through stages where you you go along and you break you break the cycle. Great. Then a little bit later you're back there. And then you break the cycle again. It's like anything in life that we need to learn. Watch a child learning to walk, a few steps, plonk. Stand back up. A few more steps, plunk. And they keep going until they stay upright. Yeah. You are a professional. You didn't become a professional overnight. You had to learn your trade. Yeah. You had to practice, practice. And I'm sure when you first started out, it was, did I get that right? Have I done this right? You know, until the confidence builds and you become knowledgeable about your trade. It's the same yes. thing with anything in life that we're learning. You yes. don't become master chef the moment you turn the cooker on. <laughs> you know? We can all dream. You can be, well, you don't become an Olympic alcoholic overnight. No, <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of hours. It's a lot of practice. That. It's like everything. But luckily for us, we are now professional sober it, but it feels like that doesn't it because you learn because with every with every resets with every time you take a drink and you wish you hadn't and every time that you've you, you know woken up in the morning and gone what did I do why did I do that and then you try again you know with every with every step backwards you learn something about yourself you know, you can draw on those draw, draw on those experiences, and you know, I for all that I wish that was with you and Drifter in nearly a year. Mm-hmm. I think for all my resets and everything, I've learned a lot, and you know, I've I've learned from all these resets and tries and fails and and a period of time where I can do it, and you know, you draw an experience. So, you know, when you see other people in IAS that are day zero, day one, it's like yes, you've got to reset, but Rather keep than going, just feel bad going. about it, keep it going. Learn from it. What would you do differently? What can you take from it? And it may be, I don't know, you know, for me, a big a, a deal breaker for me was getting my husband to take all the wine out of the house. Like we don't, we've got a, we've pretty much got a dry house now. Um, and that we've was, got a dry house. That, that was a real help because I didn't have that constant reminder because every time I saw a bottle, there was a little dementor in my head going, oh, look at that. And now there's no reminders. I don't, I'm not constantly surrounded by it. And, and look at that progress. Because he Look at your progress because last night he had wine. Mm. Yes, this little fleeting thought was like, mm, but then it was like, no, no. Right. And I, I described it as um, you, most of us have got, <laughs> excuse me, coughing, I, allergies. <clears throat> 
most of us have got iPhones and you flick through your screen, flick from one thing, you flick through your screen, whatever. And I liken those thoughts to just flicking it across the screen. Yeah. Boom, gone. Flick it away, flick it away. It's like it it doesn't matter anymore. And they talk about this, um, all of a sudden it clicks. That's because we've practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And yeah. all of a sudden it clicks. Okay. Yeah, you've got and during your times of practice, you, you've built your tools, you've built your resistance. It's like when you learn your trade, you practiced, you practiced, you practiced, and all of a sudden, boom, I can yeah. do this. It feels like you're growing new muscles, doesn't it? Yes. It feels like you're kind of training muscles. You're training like a sober brain. <laughs> I have sober so arms. <laughs> I've so enjoyed this chat and I'm really glad that everything that came from your interview is so positive Um, that the feedback from it was unbelievable. The amount of people, if if it's just one part of what you told that they can relate to and say, Mm. well, yeah, I felt that. Yes, I did that. Then you've reached someone and that is the whole point of this is to reach people that we want to understand how good this life is definitely and it's not being like you say it's not being preachy it's just because it's worlds apart from your drinking self you have to kind of have experienced it to understand it and Mm -hmm. it's just and you want people to share it with you and you want to kind of reach out to people and say do you know what if I can do it after everything I've been through after all the resets trying for so many years trying I don't know how many different things I've tried over the years but if I can kind of even get like three weeks three months um then you know just keep going anybody can do it if I can do it after all that lot mm-hmm. then you know when you break the cycle and bad and the, the bad habits are different yes <laughs> you know uh, I've never eaten so much chocolate in my life since I stopped drinking. But, and I mean, I, one of the one of one of our ladies the other day, she said, "Oh, I have just eaten all this rubbish." And I said, "And how much rubbish did you drink for years?" And you're worried about yeah. a little bit of chocolate. The chocolate's <laughs> not going to kill your liver. It'll put a no. few pounds on your hips, but so what? You know, yeah, isn't that a bit? Whatever. Isn't that a bit healthier than uh, a pickled liver? Or a dead liver. Um, I've enjoyed our chat and I would like to do this again. My pleasure. Uh, um, I cannot congratulate you enough on 70 days sobriety. Um, I know it's not, it's not been easy. It's took a lot of tough work to get you to where you are now. Your sobriety, <laughs> your sunshine glows out of you. Your face is gorgeous. You are beautiful <laughs> in your sobriety. You're looking marvelous too, Polly. <laughs> we we get a. I think we get a glow, don't we? And guys will probably say what? But yes, believe it or not, even guys look better when they're sober. I think you start um, wearing. We look it. at guys with sober eyes and think. Yes, he looks nice. <laughs> well, I genuinely think that, like, you you start wearing your sobriety, don't you? It's sort yes. Of, everyone kind of says, like, I've had it a few times, and I think the ladies group have said it as well. People kind of spot something different in you, and you can't, you don't. Sometimes, depending on who you, you don't want to say, "Oh, I'm sober," You're just like, "Yeah, I've." Uh, 
I'm eating better or something like that. Yeah, people will notice something. It's not a physical something. It's just something that Mm. where we used to drink like crazy and people would smell alcohol coming out of it. Oh, God. Now we've got sunshine coming out of us, and our friend A. I must who run who is uh, who is hosting the uh, IAS Wednesday Zooms. Her first Zoom last week was how do you wear your sobriety? I missed it, got it. And um, <laughs> I wear mine with pride actually because I put in a lot of hard work to get here. Yeah. There's a lot of money and time invested in this. <laughs> I think it's quite possibly the most the most emotionally taxing and hardest thing I've ever done, but ultimately in the long run, it will be the most rewarding. Correct. And my old mom, bless her heart, it's Mother's Day here in the States. Um, Happy Mother's Day, it everybody. Made me think, yeah, it made me think of my mom. And my mom used to always say, There is no such word as can't. It's not even in the dictionary. So don't even say you can't do something. Yep. And it's true. We can. We can. can You can always do it, but it's not always the easiest thing in the world to do. But I found that the the harder I, the, the amount of work that I put in at the beginning has just made my, my wall much easier to build. Mm-hmm. And you are building a huge wall. It's oh, it's, looking, it's looking fucking epic. <laughs> <laughs> it looks awesome. Seventy bricks today. Seventy bricks. Mal, sorry, tea. <laughs> yeah, same person, just different. Lessons. Tea, lovely. I've enjoyed this. Thanks for riding the train with me. Oh, today. it's been great, Polly. Thank you. I love it. You and I are definitely going to catch up, and you and yes. I are going to catch up on your hundred days. Definitely. And someone, one of our ladies, hit a hundred days, and uh, it was said that she got there with the help of others. Yes, she got there with the help of others. But at the end of the day, she put in the work to get to the 100 days. You can do it with support. But at the end of the day, you have to put in the graft. You have to put in the hard work. You have to put in the groundwork. You You can lean on others. The the, the support basically gives you the scaffolding to build the wall. Correct. Uh, You're going to need more scaffolding soon because your wall is getting awfully high. I know. Oh, T, thanks ever so much for riding the train. Oh, and it's been I great, Polly. All righty, darling. You enjoy the rest of your evening for you now. Um, it is. It is. And thank you for freezing your ass off, excuse us, because our friend <laughs> T is sat in her office with no heating. I'm in Texas sweating absolutely conkers. <laughs> I'm in a T-shirt. She's in every woolly jumper and coat and scarf she can find. Her little doggy, her poor little doggy Meg under the table has dragged all her blankets and things in there. It's been a fun time. Thank you, darling. And we will catch up again. Right. Lovely, Polly. Thank you. All righty, darling. Bye bye.